The KTOY Sunday Show, your weekly forum to discuss the issues in our community. Brought to you by Derek McGarry, State Farm Agent. Here to make your life go right. Here are your hosts, Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Good morning. This is the Sunday Show with LaMoya Burks and Philip O'Donnell. It is the third Sunday of April. Welcome to this edition of the Sunday Show. KTOY Radio 104.7 produces the Sunday show. It comes to you live this Sunday morning from 9 until 10 a.m. Now, with COVID protocols in place, we're not able to take your calls. Our guests are on the phone lines, but not in the studio. Disclaimer, the opinions expressed on the Sunday show are the host only and aren't representatives of KTOY nor Texarkana Radio. During last week's show, we had so much ground to cover uh, that our guests took both segments. With us last week, we had uh, a FEMA representative, Mr. Nathan, or Nate Custer. excuse me. He gave us a deep dive into things related to the February Storm Disaster Declaration, specifically financial assistance, including grants that are available to individuals and homeowners' primary residents. Disaster relief expenses do include home energy repairs, lodging, uninsured and underinsured property losses, and medical expenses during from the disaster registration deadline is this week on wednesday april 21st and the fastest way to apply is at www.disasterassistance.gov or you can call 1-800-621-3362 we also welcome the public information officer from the small business administration mr sushil kumar Small Business Administration, or SBA, they provide money through low-interest loans to businesses, to nonprofits, to homeowners, to renters. Mr. Kumar encouraged use of SBA's Safe, Secure, Sanitary Condition grants as well. So you got grants and you got low-interest loans. Uh, and Mr. Kumar stressed this. He said you have nothing to lose by applying. Now, statistics show that after a disaster, seven of ten businesses that don't apply for assistance will ultimately fail. Mr. Kumar also cleared up misconceptions about paperwork. What the SBA requires is no more than the requirements for a conventional bank loan. Now, please stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Lemoya is going to introduce our first guest. The Sunday Show will continue with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. I'd like to ask you a question. When was the last time you heard from your insurance agent? Have you sat down with your agent to review your policy coverage, premiums, and make necessary changes? Your life changes over time. So should your insurance. Local State Farm Agent Derek McGarry and I would love to be your good neighbor. Please visit us on Kings Highway in Wake Village next to Anytime Fitness or call us at 903-831-2000. When you look local first, you help local businesses grow and employ more locals, providing direct benefits to our local economy. Clear Sound Audio and Video is the local company with the big brands and some of the best advice. For a solution to your sound and video needs, indoors, outdoors, or wherever, call the team with the know-how. Clear Sound Audio and Video, corner of Cowhorn Creek and Kennedy Lane. If you're remodeling a bathroom or building a new house and you need a shower door or shower enclosure or maybe custom mirrors are just what you need, 
Texarkana Glass can help you turn your place into a relaxing oasis. Find them online at TexarkanaGlassCompany.com or on Facebook. When you're craving a real, honest-to-goodness, old-fashioned hamburger with the freshest ingredients and french fries that make a jackrabbit slap a hound dog, head over to 201 East Broad TLC Burgers and Fries. Open Monday through Thursday, 10.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. Open till 7, Friday and Saturday. To help your local business community grow, go to LookLocalFirst.com and click on Texarkana. Hi folks, Robbie Works for Or Honda inviting you to our annual Honda Dream Garage sales event. With 0% financing on popular 2021 SUV models like CRV, Pilot, and Passport and more. Come check out the all-new 2021 Honda Ridgeline truck with bold styling, lots of standard equipment, and the largest truck in its class. Get an opportunity to get the most for your trade at Or Honda with historic market pre-owned trade values. There has never been a better time to get a trade offer and upgrade you to an award-winning Honda. All new Hondas and most pre-owned vehicles purchased from Or Honda come with a no charge lifetime powertrain warranty. So let's recap. 0% finance offer, award-winning Honda product, historic trade offer, and a no charge lifetime powertrain warranty. What can I say? But come see us at Or Honda in Texarkana today at 4602 Gusor Drive or visit us online all the time at orhonda.net for the best value in town. 0% offer through American Honda Finance with approved credit. See dealer for details. There are new forms of the coronavirus. Just what we needed, right? Yeah. So we wondered, are we doing enough to protect ourselves and our son? Turns out we are. Because things like well-fitted masks, six feet of space, avoiding crowds, all of that still works. And getting vaccinated, you know, when it's our turn. COVID may not be letting up, but neither are we. We can do this. Learn more at cdc.gov coronavirus. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. And we are back for our first segment of the science of COVID. With us at this time this morning, we do have Dr. Benjamin Newman, virologist. I always have to fight with that uh, proper pronunciation. Good morning, Dr. Newman. Good morning, LaMoya. Good morning, Philip. Yeah, how can I help? I like that. Uh, I can say uh, upon him introducing himself personally, Dr. Newman, that that is the thing with him. He is always willing to help. And myself as a researcher, librarian myself, there are always questions to research. Right, Dr. Newman? So, oh, for sure. Yeah, we'll us. keep us going. <laughs> yes. So tell us all about you as a virologist, the uniqueness that you have uh, about yourself and your research concerning COVID-19. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so let's see. I started out uh, growing viruses because I wanted to grow plants. And I was looking for a project my last year of university, and there was one that would let me grow turnips. And I thought, you know what, that's going to be all right. And it turns out we were growing them to give them a virus, and then we were giving them a virus to try and treat them uh, with a drug that was actually going to be used for uh, HIV. So it was a similar sort of virus, but just in plants. And from that start, I then went to a coronavirus lab, and it's been pretty much coronaviruses ever since. I've worked on the mouse one and the chicken one and a couple of the human ones and then did a lot of stuff with the original SARS coronavirus and uh, now a bit with this one. 
So, again, for the audience, in case they didn't catch that, you have done work with the original coronavirus. Are you saying SARS virus, coronavirus? What is the proper pronunciation? Yeah. Okay. It, that one's that one's SARS coronavirus, and this one's SARS coronavirus too. Just like a right. bad sequel <laughs> that hangs around forever for some reason. <laughs> so, talk with us a little bit more in depth about your role in that. Uh, I think that um, many of us, or some of us in town, we missed that we had you as a treasurer here in Texarkana, right here at Texas A and M Texarkana, <laughs> while this is going That's on the last nice. year. <laughs> It's always good to be thought of as a treasure. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. So my first involvement was through a committee. So a few years before, I'd been finding some new coronaviruses and relatives of coronaviruses. And so there's a committee you go to, and I brought them some stuff, and they said, wow, this is neat. Would you like to be on the committee? Because we have all these viruses coming in, and somebody just has to give them names and sort of run them through the system, see where they uh, fit onto the family tree. I said, yeah, sure. And so because of that, I was part of the committee when we were naming SARS coronavirus 2. And so you got to see that, like, the reason why it was called this, because we had lots of other names that were sort of clicking around, and uh, a lot of them are the ones that you've probably thought of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we ended up with this family tree. We, We made a nice tree out of the genome. And you had all these branches, and all the branches around the new virus were some version of SARS coronavirus. Mostly bat SARS coronaviruses, but also the original one in people. And so at that point, with all the branches before it and beside it and after it being SARS, you pretty much had to call it a SARS coronavirus. And so <laughs> the only bit that was up for discussion was the number two. And then since then, we've been doing a lot of testing on the um, main Texas A&M campus. I got to help out with that a little bit over the summer. And I got to work in a physics lab there that was helping to make new ways to detect the virus using quantum physics, which they're very good at the quantum physics part. And I just help a little bit with the virus part. That was a lot of fun. So when you say the committee... Oh, I was just, I'm sorry. You kind of mentioned the the chicken and the mice, but you you had touched on the bats, and I always thought that that was what we were told this version came from. So talk a little bit about those distinctions, if you don't mind. So there's this world of coronaviruses out there, and if you look at the genome for one, this one has 28 parts, and all the rest of them have somewhere between 25 and 28 parts. It's pretty normal. And you see all the same parts in the same order. So that's how you know you're looking at a coronavirus. Um, And if you look at these coronaviruses, we can find them two ways. One, you can find them when a person or an animal gets sick, and you can maybe isolate the virus and try to grow it in the lab, something like that. That's maybe 10% of coronaviruses. The other 90% are things that we've taken a sample from a leaf or from a bat cave or from some kind of animal and just read out all of the genomes that happen to be in there. And you get bacteria and all kinds of crazy things, but you'll sometimes pull out a coronavirus. And so most of the coronaviruses are from bats, and most of those have never actually been grown in a lab. It's really hard to get a bat cell line uh, that'll actually do anything for you. Interesting. (laughs) So when you said that you were working with this committee, what campus yes. specifically was this committee 
what, what campus was this? Oh, this is an international committee. Okay, international. So we had people that were right. We had people that are uh, Europe and Asia and America. I think, um, yeah, uh, a couple from let's see, China, Hong Kong, all over Western Europe. Uh, Ukrainian guy kind of runs it, and uh, maybe three in America, I think. So it's about 12 people, it's an email group, and uh, yeah, <laughs> the whole process took about two days. Okay. So as we know, research is ongoing, um, and we've heard from yes. thousands of sources, uh, you know, as Philip was mentioning, the bat uh, theory, or if we want to call it a theory, I guess, uh, an animal carrying the virus and so forth, Uh is it truly here to stay? Because, you know, as we're hearing you talk about the tree of it, I, I was thinking of the tree of life <laughs> as you were saying that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is it truly here to stay? It meaning COVID-19. That depends on what we do. So I think we have all the tools that we need to actually knock this thing out forever. And the question is whether we have the willpower to actually carry that out. And that's a little bit more difficult thing. Um, it would mean you, you've actually got a choice of options. You could have everybody mask and actually enforce the masking. And we know that stops it. Several countries like Australia, New Zealand have done that. We could get really good at testing and just go around and test everybody. South Korea and Singapore did that, worked out really well. We could impose big lockdowns and make sure that they're actually enforced. China did that. They got through it. Yeah. Or we could make sure that everybody gets vaccinated, which Israel has done, and their COVID numbers are going just down, down, down really nicely. So a lot of ways to do it, but the question is, which of those can we do? And it's one of those situations where I think the tendency to compromise, that's Actually, probably the best thing about people is the, you know, <laughs> desire to compromise. <laughs> but this is more like a math problem. Like if the answer is seven and somebody thinks it's two, it's two, you can't compromise and say, well, maybe it's four. Yeah, because that's still the wrong answer. <laughs> right. So we've got a limited number of correct answers. And we're not really doing any of those right now. We're still at the stage where we're trying to compromise with the virus or with the world. You got people saying, well, I'll wear the mask over my mouth, but, you know, my nose is going to stick out. And you can't really compromise with this virus. It doesn't understand. It's a, uh, yeah, it's not a mutual trans good compromise should be. Dr. Newman, let me ask you this. You asked, uh, you, you listed a lot of countries and the success that they've had, Israel, South Korea, uh, UK, uh, Australia, New Zealand. But what you didn't mention is America. So let, let me ask you this. We think of ourselves as being great. Um, <laughs> But in response to COVID, we've obviously failed miserably if you look at measurables like deaths and infections oh, yeah. and so forth. So talk a little bit about why, because I don't know if it was political compromise or the lack thereof or a lot of other reasons, but we, we, we dropped the ball here. I'm afraid to say you're absolutely right on that. Yeah, yeah. You've got, yeah, countries with far lower amounts of resources. So we have put a ton of money into hospitals, Infrastructure, things like running water and good roads that connect everything. These are absolutely things that you can take for granted no matter where you are. Even if you're way out in West Texas, there's still a pretty good farm-to-market road that'll get you home, you know? And despite all of that investment, the um, kind of the way that uh, this has 
sort of been spun. Like I liked the advertisement that came just before uh, we started uh, from the CDC and Health and Human Services saying, you know what, it's all right, we can do these things, and we're going to get through this. I wish we were doing that a year ago because a lot of damage has been done and now we are in a situation and I am not sure we get out of the situation, at least not on the present course. I guess the nice thing is we can always change course, at least in theory. And so that's where my hope comes from. And speaking of subgroups, uh, people of color in particular, as we're mentioning, um, you, we, we know all of the safety protocols with that, you know, we've seen a mm-hmm. trend of buying Lysol, which price skyrocketed, right? So <laughs> if you're in, investing sure, in that. Right. I'm pretty sure you're, you're like banking at the moment, right? Um, as we know, <laughs> some or many, you know, um, are not able to keep up the hygiene protocols regarding safety for COVID-19. In your research, do you foresee or is there a place where as you're advancing your research, people of color are considered more in depth in finding, you know, what it is, the niche when it comes to crisis or crisis methods that I mean, is there a gap in the in the research, would you say? Because we're not totally seeing. Okay. Okay, we're not seeing any specifics that are catering catering directly to people of color um, who, you mm-hmm. know, when you look at uh, 250 million affected worldwide and then one point seven five million have passed away. Uh, people of color mm-hmm. are high, highly infected. Highly infected in the United States, okay. not particularly highly infected elsewhere. Okay. And so, like most things, when you end up talking about something that touches on the subject of race, what you're probably talking about is not biology, but some form of racism, essentially. Right. And I think that's what we're running into here. Yeah, and that's probably what's driving the differences, because they are not worldwide by any stretch. Right. But they also do go along with other socioeconomic uh, differences. You'll find any group that is somewhat marginalized in a country will end up having higher rates. So um, example that would be in Singapore. They import a lot of workers from uh, uh, nations in the Arabic world, if uh, you like. And they live in separate communities. It's like a, yeah, basically lower status. You're there to do the jobs that nobody else wants to do. And they've had several major outbreaks within those communities that didn't really spill over very much to the general population. It's just part of being a marginalized group and all the other nonsense that goes along with that. Let me ask you this, and kind of a pivot away from that, we may come back to it, but you mentioned the Centers for Disease Control earlier, and you talked about some of their guidance that has been good recently and not so good in the past. When you talk about the CDC historically, you talk about Dr. Fauci in any measure of time, these people have always been considered world-class, meaning the best. Something seriously happened uh, as far as the U.S. public health system is concerned, and I don't think it was people. It may have been procedure, policy, politics, something. I don't know. But talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. And I'm not trying to necessarily jump on the CDC in particular. Yeah, but there are some things from a public health standpoint that just didn't happen here that should have, the way it was designed. Yes, and there was some guidance that actually came out of the CDC where I just looked at that and said, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> this is not how you're going to solve the problem. This right. is not, 
And so this is based not on just, you know, one random guy's opinion. So uh, organizations like Doctors Without Borders, uh, International Red Cross, Mm -hmm. they go in and deal with problems like this in other countries all the time. We actually even send Americans over to help with this. So think back to Ebola, think to any of these other crises. There are a lot of small outbreaks that are uh, like little fires, and they're teams ready, and they go in and they put them out. And that's fantastic. And so we have a really good roadmap for exactly how to do that. And when you see a government, like where you're living, say that, you know, hand-washing is going to be the thing, and you, you don't have to wear a mask, you know, <laughs> something like that. At that point, you just say, oh, no, this is, this is not going to go well. Uh, this looks like trouble, and it looks like we're uh, kind of making things worse for ourselves. Hmm. As we sit and we uh, ponder and think more on what we've discussed so far, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Please stay with us. The Sunday Show will continue with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. I'd like to ask you a question. When was the last time you heard from your insurance agent? Have you sat down with your agent to review your policy coverage, premiums, and make necessary changes? Your life changes over time. So should your insurance. This is your local State Farm agent, Derek McGarry, and I would love to be your good neighbor. Please visit us on Kings Highway in Wake Village next to Anytime Fitness or call us at 903-831-2000. When you look local first, you help local businesses grow and employ more locals, providing direct benefits to our local economy. You know the scoreboard is your place to get all your screen printing done. But did you know they now do in-house embroidery on caps, jackets, shirts, or bags for your business, school, church, or even personal needs? Call the scoreboard on College Drive or online at scoreboardtxk.com. Sometimes in life, a moment in time alters your whole life and forever changes the road ahead. No matter what, we are your good neighbor. Always have been. This is State Farm Agent Derek McGarry. Please call us at 903-831-2000 or visit us at DerekIsMyAgent.com. DNS Carpets is your store to get flooring. Ceramic tile, laminates, and vinyl, all at below chain store prices. They're locally owned, and that means lower overhead and lower prices. Financing is available. Two locations, Ashdown and Nashville, Arkansas. To help your local business community grow, go to LookLocalFirst.com and click on Texarkana. Love great wine, food, art, and music? The best charity event in Texarkana is back. Twice as fine Texarkana Wine Festival. Presented by the Alzheimer's Tri-State Area and Our Place Respite. With 100% of all proceeds staying in the local area. Saturday, May 1st, starting at 11 a.m. at Spring Lake Park. General admission is free. Wine and garden entry, $15. Go to TexarkanaWineFestival.com for more information. Proudly supported by Texarkana Radio Center. Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. And we are back. If you are just joining us, uh, we are continuing our discussion, the science of COVID. With us this morning, we have Dr. Benjamin Newman, virologist. Uh, Dr. Newman, Philip? Yep, we're with you. All right. Yep, for we're sure. We're still rolling. So additional... Uh, can I... Can I uh... Go ahead. Of course. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask this question, Dr. Newman. And 
it, it, I'm thinking that like you have to get a yearly flu shot. I wouldn't be surprised if we had to get a yearly COVID vaccination shot. Um, I haven't heard that anywhere. This is just my line of thinking. As I see, they got new variants coming out, and they're talking about right. new improvements to old vaccinations. So talk a little bit about that. And I, don't, I know it's speculation at this point, but just talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, there's actually a lot of science behind uh, this. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, this is this is fine. Uh, yes, there are a lot of new variants out there, and at least when we're talking trivially, pretty much any sequence that you would pick up today will have something in it that's a little different from anything else that's ever been recorded hmm. uh, or some combination of the different things that we've seen that we haven't seen anywhere else. So essentially everything's a variant, but most of the variants are probably not any different uh, as far as vaccination or what they would do compared to the original. But there are a few that may well be. So we're starting to see variants around one little spot, which is the little patch where the virus actually connects with your cell. And there's variation that would still allow the virus to connect, but this little tiny patch, which is, I don't know, maybe uh, 5 or 10% of the spike protein, no more than that, this is the one spot where you can stick a little bit of an antibody, you know, something your immune system would make, and it will block infection. That's the only way to block it from starting and when the virus makes a little change there, because it's such a small patch, you're actually changing it enough that most of those antibodies no longer bind. And so that's what we're dealing with. That's what tests are. And we've been sequencing uh, some of the variants down at uh, Texas A&M. And, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there that is potentially going to be a problem for, um, for vaccination. Hmm. Um, as far as uh, the yearly booster, uh, I think that kind of depends, once again, on what we do. So think of it as a uh, sort of a ticking clock situation. We've got a virus, and every day the virus is going to change a little bit. Give it long enough, and the virus is going to change into something that you can't deal with quite as well. But we have multiple vaccines now. And we have enough to actually start giving to just about everybody, which I think they're doing all across the U.S. and several other countries. So we've got a window of opportunity where the vaccines are still effective and we have enough to actually knock out the virus if we can convince everybody to go out and actually get vaccinated. And that's the opportunity where we are right now. If we let this pass by, then it's going to be harder and we will need uh, boosters uh, just to deal with the variants, I would think, um, in addition to boosters, uh, you know, to sort of top up your immunity uh, just in the future in general. Hmm. All right. Well, Dr. Newman, we appreciate your time this morning. Always a pleasure to visit with you and get lots of updates. If others are interested um, in following you and uh, uh, getting clarification on the virus and other goodies that you have to offer. How can we keep uh, in contact with you? Oh, sure. I'm uh, at Dr. Ben Newman, N-E-U-M-A-N, uh, on Twitter. And, um, yeah, you can look up my contact details. I'm at uh, I'm on the main campus of Texas A&M University. If you Google T-A-M-U and uh, Dr. Ben Newman, yeah, I should pop up. I don't think there are two people with that name here. And that's there at the Mothership in College Station, Texas, correct? 
Have you That's traveled right. been there since uh, mid-January? Yeah. Okay. So, so you have uh, found uh, your newest place there, uh, moving from Texarkana to now the campus there, College Station. All right. Well, until next time. Yep. Well, until next time, we'll be looking forward to getting more updates from you. We thank you. Happy to help anytime you need me. All right. All right. Well, we're going to take one more commercial break before our second segment. Stay with us.